All right. Welcome back to the Awakened Intent podcast. Uh, once again, it's been, I don't know, maybe a year since we did the last one. Six years. Uh, six years, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt right. And we're going to do another episode today. So let's get to it. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you doing? It's uh, it's good to be back on one of those things. I'm starting to see more and more people sharing the older podcasts. And when I hear back to clips of a lot of those, because a lot of those are quite old, um, I'm like, mm, I might say this a little bit different now, uh, based on where I've come to. So yeah, I think it's a good time to just kind of bring it full circle and start adding some some updated uh, clarity and, and responses. Sounds good. Yeah, I've been on your Instagram today and uh, I put a story up where people could submit questions. And we got like over 100 questions, I think. So we're obviously not going to be able to answer all of them. Um, but I'm going to try to get through a bunch of them, uh, at least. Nice. Uh, nice. And I also have some some personal questions, some some things that I've seen going on in my life that I want to ask you about. So Great. I think we'll we'll just jump straight into it. Sure, let's do it. So the first thing that I I had a conversation the other day with some uh, some of my girlfriends and we were talking about sex and yeah, just getting deep into that topic. And all of these um, women have partners and mm. and they were telling me how they would often sleep with their partner um, just to please them or or just because they felt like it was their duty to sleep with their man. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really sit right in me. Uh, but I didn't really know how to, what to say. So I was just kind of like going, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, but I would like to, yeah, to hear your perspective. Like um, if you think that's healthy or, or why do you think that is that like even though they were communicated and didn't even feel like having sex, they still went and did it. Um, and mm-hmm. is that could that be a good thing or is that just like how things are? Or what's your view on that? Well, it's definitely not a good thing, um, and it's definitely not a healthy thing. Uh, this is something that I hear a lot from women who I speak with, women who come to me for sessions, and there's so much trauma in women's bodies, especially in the uh, vagina and up into the cervix, into the womb area, because of all the times that she's actually been intimate with a man and allowed a man inside of her when she was not opened to that when she was not wanting that, when she was not receptive to that. Unfortunately, I mean, the the real answer to this is you need to say no. And this is something that we can't just say to grown women. This is something that has to start with, with young girls, right? As we're raising children and assisting them and guiding them and supporting them in the process of becoming more sovereign. So why does the woman find herself in a situation with a man where she isn't available to be penetrated, but that's what's happening? We need to be able to empower women from all sides at all ages to to be able to speak up and to be able to say no 
and to be able to value her experience in that moment. There's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that women will carry into relationship, uh, especially when the man himself is functioning from a disconnected place where he really has no intention of connecting with her or tuning into her or sensing her. He just wants to use her in order to come. And this in itself creates a very hungry and erratic type of relationship style. And I speak with women who are, you know, sexuality coaches and, and people who publicly are functioning or depicting themselves in certain lights and in certain images. But so many of these women are functioning from the exact same issues or suffering from the exact same issues in relationship because that seed of trauma goes so deep collectively for women where she doesn't feel like she can actually have firm boundaries in place especially when it comes to being a partner being a girlfriend being a wife and what so many women will will share with me when i call them on this when i say hey why are you allowing yourself to receive penetration when you're clearly not available for it most of the response is, oh, well, you know, that's, that's what a good woman does. That's what a girlfriend does. That's how I keep him happy. Mm. It's like, no, that's how you keep him dysfunctional. Well, that's exactly what these girls were saying as well when I was speaking to them. That's so cool that you said that. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it needs to be communicated because women are asking for a higher quality of men or a higher quality of man, but at the same time, very few women are actually being courageous enough to hold the men in their lives accountable. And that's just the truth of it, at least from where I'm sitting. And I work with women almost every day, and I have to hear so many of these uh, sharings. And it's really about the fact we have to be willing to hold one another accountable. And as a woman, understanding what your role is in relationship versus what your role absolutely is not. And you are not there to be a servant, right, sexually or, or in any other capacity. And to clarify, I'm not saying that, you know, men are these big, bad, terrible wolves and, you know, poor women. No, we all have self-responsibility. But it's difficult to be empowered when the society that we're a part of is disempowered. When our society is insane. When it's functioning from trauma. When normal societal relationships, they're basically built upon trauma and dysfunction. And then that's what's seen as normal and healthy. So we have to hold one another accountable. Uh, men aren't bad. Men need education. That's all it is. It's education. Wow. <clears throat> and the stronger she can get in her hell no, the louder she can get in her hell yes. Because now there's a clear differentiation between both sides of that. And the louder she can get in her no, and I just mean in her authenticity, in her truthful reflection of, mm -mm, mm -mm, you're not connecting with me, I'm not available for this. The more courageous she can be in that reflection to him, 
the better he can become, the more attuned he can become. Because he wants his needs met. And now his needs aren't being met. So he has to look at himself. So it's going to be beneficial for everybody. But it's ego that needs to be burst into a million little pieces. And when women say, oh, but I don't want to say it to my man because I love him. And it's just easier to lay back and, you know, just be in it. It might be over soon. You know, that's all pretty dismal to begin with. But I get that it's a... It's a functioning pattern of trauma, of a lack of self-worth. But just being in that position is not empowering him. It's not treating him like a powerful man. Right? You're tre treating him like a, like a stupid infant. Because you think that if you share the true reflection of how he's impacting you with him, that he'll get upset and triggered and then he'll feel bad and then he'll feel insecure. He needs to feel insecure. We all need to feel the insecurities that we're carrying. But if you hide him from himself, as a woman, you become useless to him. Absolutely useless. And he just continues to bumble around in his life, ignorant, blind, in no way aware of how his movement is impacting the space around him because people are afraid of upsetting him, making him feel bad. You're not here to protect anybody's feelings. You're here to be real and for, for both sides. And that's one of the big problems with this cancel culture stuff. I don't like how that makes me feel, right? So then they want to cancel it. They want, to, they want it to go away. They want it to change. They want the other person to be punished. That is the collective brat. That is being spoiled. That is being emotionally entitled. But if we're real, at least we can be heard, we can be seen. And we can reflect back to others how their presence is impacting us, how their presence is impacting life. For me, that's all that matters. And the most untrustworthy part of a woman for me as a man is the part of her that is not reflective. Or the part of her that says what she thinks I want to hear, but she's not truly receiving exactly what I'm bringing to her and reflecting it back honestly and authentically. So then she moves into performance, moves into manipulation. And that's a very dangerous, subtle game that most people tend to be functioning in, especially in partnerships and relationships and loverships. 
because we're uncomfortable with certain emotions and feelings, we project that state upon others. And because we're so uncomfortable with shame or feeling shame in our body, which is our work, to be clear, we never want to even risk having a situation where something we say or something we do could possibly bring up an emotion of shame in another person because of how excruciating it is for us because we haven't dealt with it yet inside of ourselves. So now we move around babysitting everybody. And that's not empowering someone. Not even close. So see the ways that you try to protect people from the emotions and feelings that you're most uncomfortable with. And I feel that can really change many, many things and allow you to get a lot closer with yourself and other people. That's my answer, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, that, that resonated a lot. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I agree on it. I, the, the realness and, and when women are being real with me, that's, that's how I learn as well. Like how totally. to, so it's so important and so beautifully said. I don't want to be patted on my head, <laughs> you know, good little boy. Oh, I can't tell this guy the truth. That's not respectful. Yeah, for me, yeah. especially when it comes to loving a man and supporting a man, number one, the number one way a woman can love a man is by respecting him. That's how we as men uh, receive love first. It's through feeling respected. And you're not respecting him if you're hiding him from himself. Some of the deepest love you can bring as a woman is that beautiful reflection. And it doesn't have to be malice. It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be you poking him or lashing out at him or tossing daggers at him. It can be right from your heart where you really connect with him and you express, hey, you know, this is, this is how I'm feeling in my body when you engage with me in this way. And I know you're a powerful man. So this is how I honor you. This is how I respect you because you're bigger than this. Because maybe he never assumed he was big enough to even hold you, to even feel you, to be with you. Most men are pretending to be big, to pretend that they think they're big. And there's many ways men will do that whether it's the gym or making more money or you know getting bigger muscles or having the fastest car or climbing the biggest mountain you know we're always looking for for something to kind of pad on to protect us and the most powerful embodied women the wisest women she will 
she will almost be able to love a man into his king. Just the fact that when she looks at him, maybe she just sees all the ways that he's not aligned with how powerful he really is, how powerful she actually sees him as. So anytime he brings her shit that is just not that powerful, she sees that and she's like, hey, I understand you're struggling or maybe there's something going on for you, but you realize you're about a million times bigger than the situation, right? Huh? He says. What do you mean? Because most of us haven't got that as men. So just you believing in him and not hacking him down and not lashing out at him, can you go first in love to support him? I always talk about what men need to do to support women. Um, it's also really important that I speak to the other side of that. And this is one way. This is a big way. Believe in him, even when he does not believe in himself. And do not accept his weakness. Do not accept him withering down into child's pose, into child's posture. You love him by letting him know that he can pick himself back up. You're not going to mother him. That's important. But you let him know that you're there. But that he's got this. And you love how much he's got this. So I hope that helps. You know, maybe some women, or a lot of women who are in that situation. It's a very common situation. But you love us by believing in us and respecting us. Now, if there's nothing in him to respect based on how he's showing up, then you love him by reflecting that to him. All I want to do is respect you. All I want to do is believe in you. But you're making it really difficult. So you can be real the whole way through. But please check yourself in your expression and in your motivation. Is your motivation to love him and to empower him and both of you together? Or are you lashing out with him because you feel under met and now you're angry at him and you want to punish him because of how you feel, because of how you're not being met? Because that's a lot of the engagements. And I get it, it's really tough being under-met, being under-seen, not being understood, especially in a relationship. But you will not be able to transform that space with your heart and with your love if you choose to remain in that unconscious and, and destructive type of communication. Always check your motivation for your communication. Am I reflecting honestly to him or am I lashing out at him because I want to punish him? And the same goes for men. Same thing goes. When my woman reflects to me, 
and shows me the reality of how I'm showing up, even if it stings and I don't like it, can I stay open to it? Can I be grateful for it? Because it's just information. And as men, we need information. That's how we function. We step into a space and we, we observe how the space is responding and reflecting us back. That is all the information we require in order to continue developing, to continue knowing ourselves. And sometimes the information and the reflection you get back sucks. But rather than going, I don't like it, and lashing out like a child, can you pause? Can you feel all of the charge coming up in you and acknowledge it? And then have domain over yourself and relax around it, figuring out how to stay present with it, how to feel it, not pushing it away, not resisting it, not shutting it down, but also not reacting from that place. Just being with it. Because that's going to be where all of the learning will really come from. Uh, so I really hope I communicated those things clearly uh, because they are important, they're very important and it can really impact how a person shows up in the rest of their life. Yeah, I feel you did. Uh, I think we should uh, move on to um, some questions from the Instagram people. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, thank so you, Instagram have... people. <laughs> uh, we have light lighting tree underscore mg is asking you: Do you feel the heaviness of the modern of the modern age on you? If so, how do you hold that weight? I don't hold the weight. Why do I have to hold the weight? I don't have to hold anything. Life is happening. Life has got you. Life has got us. My work is about how deeply can I get out of the way? How deeply can I drop my ego? How deeply can I trust that everything that is unfolding is absolutely on purpose and necessary? And then how I can how can I position myself with the unfolding and with the transition in a way where I can still show up, serve and support people? Now, absolutely I feel the heaviness because I mean I work with people every day and <laughs> that's a lot of what I'm what I'm engaging with, uh, but also in my own life, since day one, since, you know, starting the work well over a decade ago, my self-care and my connectedness with myself and, and with my life has always been my priority first and foremost. So I spend a lot of time every day caring 
for myself energetically, physically. I, I won't compromise. And that's what's allowed me to stay upright and functional through, you know, quite a testing and challenging time for humanity. And being in a position of having to support so many people going through that transition. Uh, so that comes back to self-care and self-love. And what does it actually mean to to look after yourself? Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll try to keep that response short. But yes, the answer to your question, I do feel the heaviness. But we work with it. And the holding part of the question, I'm not here to hold anything. Me being in myself is the holding. It might look like I'm holding things, but I'm not holding anything. Life is holding it for me. If I allow it. Or if I think that I'm the power, and I'm the big powerful dude, and I'm, you know, fancy Chris Bale, then I have to hold everything. And that's, that's never going to work. Because there's too much. So just let life do the heavy lifting for you. But for that to happen, you have to realize that you are not the power in any capacity. And again, this comes down to how we're raised and again, the societal programming where everyone wants to be the power, the success. I'm just a spectator. This is life's business. I'm just kind of here. Sometimes people confuse it and go, oh, you know, Chris, you're super powerful. Okay. I feel the, the place where I have learned to be more supportive to myself and other people is through my allowance of life to take over. That has been my deepest work. And as soon, as soon as someone gets caught up in themselves or the identity of themselves or how they're depicting themselves, you know, one of the reasons why I don't do the social media thing because it's a trick. And that shit will get you. And before you know it, you think you're something. <laughs> you think you're a big deal. You think you're special. No, you're here to be in service. Service to the whole. And of course, there's a there's specialness in everything that exists, right? There's preciousness in everything that exists. But when we attach and identify strongly to those things, uh, we we become kind of a part of the problem at that point. And just to clarify, you know, this has been a long process. In my teenage years, I was I was all about the ego. <laughs> yeah, it's it's taken me work to to continue to learn deeper ways to get out of my own way because I can be stubborn, and that doesn't help anybody. You dig? I dig. Cool. <laughs> You're you're gonna have to stop me, I think, at times, because otherwise I, I just kind of forget where I am and I just keep going. So uh, well, uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of the point too, is to let it flow. 
mm-hmm. you know and then uh, obviously if if it just goes way south we'll cut it out <laughs> something that i that i do want to kind of loop back to just for a moment because i was speaking about power i know people think that you know they're they're the power uh, because previous to that i was speaking about how a woman can love and support a man is by seeing how powerful he is so i think it's people can maybe get misconstrued uh, when I'm saying one thing in that way, and then I'm speaking about, oh, we're not the power after saying that. So as a woman, or as anybody, really, when you're respecting and believing in him, and you see how powerful he can be, and that really he is without his conditioning, the power that you're seeing in him isn't just him as an individual. The power in a man is how deeply he's able to be a conduit for spirit how deeply he's been able to open himself up in his own body to be able to carry, you know, let's get woo-woo for a second, God frequency, right? Where he is a really solid connection where he's deeply been able to surrender inside of himself to his creator. Now that man is informed by something much bigger than just himself and his meaningless little desires. So that's the power that I'm speaking to, uh, that you as a woman can really deeply support in him by your ability to see where that lives in him, even if he is disconnected, even if he is not at a place currently in his life where he is, you know, actualized, whatever the fuck that means, or embodied or grounded. Because just as a woman, you seeing that seed in him, that is enough to start waking it up and having him believe in that connection in himself. So I just wanted to come full circle to to clarify that so I could connect them both. Good one. So we have another Instagram question mm-hmm. from Deadwarianka. Deadwarianka, I think I'm pronouncing that maybe right probably Um, not but cool (laughs) probably not i'm from sweden (laughs) so uh what are the consequences when a woman puts a man on a pedestal and how do you stop doing that i mean that's a that's a big loaded question can you repeat it what are the consequences when a woman puts a man on a pedestal let's start with that Okay, what are the consequences when a woman puts a man on a pedestal? Well, that you can let him completely unchecked and be totally mishandled and manipulated and lied to because of the fact that that man is on a pedestal. And we see this everywhere. We see that in the power dynamic, right? If it's a famous celebrity man or a rock star man or... uh, You know, any man who basically or even like a guru or a spiritual teacher This is something that even me and my work, I have to be very outspoken and clear about because I don't want anybody pedestaling me because that's dangerous for me. So as a woman, as soon as she gets herself into that situation, now she stops applying critical thinking because the pedestal has become so dreamy to her. And now she's in a fantasy that isn't really real. It's got nothing to do with the the truth of who that other individual or who that man is and now essentially she's just kind of there allowing anything to be done to her 
it, it definitely removes a, a huge part of her sovereignty. Um, and obviously there's varying levels of pedestaling um, from the rock star to the guru. You know, there's, there's a lot in between that. But I would say that it's never going to be healthy and it's never going to support connection. You can be, in, you can be totally in awe of someone. You can totally admire someone. You can totally respect someone. You can totally believe this person is the greatest person I've ever met. They're so beautiful. That's all fine once it's coming from a place of embodied connection inside of yourself where you're not losing yourself to that image or to that fantasy. Pedestaling also has a lot to do with, oh, well, that's, that person's worth more than me. And when we believe someone is worth more than us, this then allows that person, as I said, to kind of get away with doing whatever they want to us. Because they're better than us, apparently. So that's my answer to the first part of the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the second part was, how do you stop doing that? Um... By cultivating the deepest sense of self-worth that you can. And realizing that pretty much everyone is just normal and basic. <laughs> it can help meeting a lot of people who you've previously pedestaled. That can help for sure. It'll also probably disappoint you pretty quickly. You know, that there's that saying one should never meet their heroes mm -hmm. because it will probably be a letdown. And it should be a letdown if you are pedestaling that person in some false light. The letdown is the savior in the situation. The letdown keeps you safe, keeps you grounded. There's nothing really that spectacular here. Everyone is pretty normal. And we're all dealing with our own stuff. But when you're dealing with stuff like social media and you're getting little bite-sized images and clips of, you know, these carefully cultivated expressions, uh, that's when we start to get wrapped up in fantasy. And this is one of the things that I dislike more than anything about the internet. The, the internet is amazing and it has allowed us to do so many things and, and I could never take that away. But there are some really shitty parts of it. One of those things is the fact that someone can, on their couch, alone, without meeting another person, go through another person's website or Instagram, come up with a completed conclusion of how they feel about that other person and then decide whether they like them or dislike them. Just based on what's being curated and shared, that is something that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard for me to sit with because you don't know that person. The only way you should ever be deciding whether you like someone or not or resonate with someone or not is when you actually see them face to face and sit down with them and connect with them and meet with them and speak with them, be in conversation with them. Because 
you know, in the past, I've known a lot of people, their online presence is like, well, well, that person's a dickhead, <laughs> or that person's radical, or that person's extreme. And then when I meet them in person, it's it's an entirely different experience. The ways that so many people are projecting themselves online, when you meet them in person, that's not the case at all. And I feel like I have some experience of this because again, I've, you know, I work with a lot of different coaches that come to me for sessions and, and I meet many of these people and if I ever saw their online persona, I would receive them in a certain way. And then when you meet them in person, the reality is vastly different in many instances. And it's good that it's different. It's better in person, usually. So the whole pedestaling thing, that's just a call for you to get grounded. Hmm. And that that's actually brings us into a question <laughs> that another Instagram person has. <laughs> another Instagram person. Can we can we get a name? Um, Meli Quinte. Meli Quinte. Man, they're, they're making it difficult for you yeah, today. I know, man. Why um, aren't you guys just called Bob and Mary? All right, everyone is Bob and Mary from now on. Okay. Uh, Meli Quinte is asking, how can I ground consistently and protect my energy? Ah. Ha! <laughs> That's my response to how can I ground consistently? <laughs> you can't do anything consistently. <laughs> Why do you even want to ground consistently? Because that sounds so boring. Uh, that sounds so dull. But but please continue the question. Um, well, and then she just wrote, feel super open slash sensitive. Okay. So firstly, I want to clarify that I'm not ha-ing at you. Um, it's where the question is coming from. That's that's very informative. So I just had the desire to be a little bit playful with it. I totally feel the, and I can empathize, absolutely empathize with the uncomfortability and the fatigue and the exhaustion which comes with being deeply sensitive or a person who is deeply impacted by the energy of other people. Um, this has also been my experience for the majority of my life as a very, very sensitive person. So I understand and I can feel the desire and the craving and the question. If I could give you a mechanism that would keep you consistently grounded forever, I wouldn't. The reason I wouldn't is because it, it wouldn't allow you to stay sensitive, but to become stronger. Grounding, and I, I tend to see this through people's questionings, and when we get into words, we're just getting into semantics, and everyone has a little bit of a different definition of kind of everything. So when we're having conversations, we're, we're usually meaning slightly different things and then we're wondering why we're not on the same page or we're not being met the way that we said we would like to be because we all have slightly different definitions. So within communication, I believe it's really crucial to break down the words that are used 
so we can all have a deeper understanding of what's truly being said and communicated. So when you say the word grounding, and I'm just going to go out on a whim here, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally off-center with this. But in my experience, when most people use the word grounding, what it really means in their body is, I feel secure, I feel safer, I don't feel overwhelmed, I don't feel as sensitive, and I feel, basically, I just, I feel safe and steady and unaffected. Now, if that was my definition of grounding, then I would tell you that I've almost never in my life ever been completely grounded. To me, being grounded is making the choice to be totally present in the body, even in spite of absolute overwhelm, terror, fear, insecurity. A person who is always almost aloof, and let's use in quotation marks, grounded, that version of grounded, I can't trust that person because it's, it's a form of disassociation that's happening just through a technique. And this will start to shut you down more and more. For me, being grounded is being in the body and being courageous enough to stay in the body when intense feelings and emotions are arising. And staying grounded in the body is about staying in the body without reacting, without being reactive to everything, but allowing a little bit of a gap between you and your response. Now, why is that so powerful? Well, when you're in the body and when you choose to show up and stay with the most overwhelming experiences that in some instances you may feel like you're dying, right? You're so overwhelmed that, oh my God, my head is going to blow off my shoulders or I'm going to hit the ground or I'm going to have a heart attack or everything is going to seize up. That is where the real work is done. That is where the profound grounding happens. That is where you get to build a beautiful, inclusive relationship with yourself. That will lead to sturdiness. That will lead to not just a, a momentary safety. That will lead to a, a collective safety in your entire life experience. You want to ground because you're afraid of feeling. So that's why that question comes up. Because you're afraid to feel. Maybe you can feel some things and maybe you're comfortable to feel other things, but at a certain point, you know, you don't really want to be here feeling what's coming up. So you want to try to get rid of it through a technique that people refer to as grounding. That's disassociation. Grounding is showing up in love for yourself. Imagine if there was a child who was traumatized, sitting down on the ground, just wailing. You're not going to try to ground the child, right? You're just going to bring love to the child. You're going to bring your time, your patience, your compassion. 
your attentiveness is all that child really needs to start to stabilize itself as it's being seen, held and understood in the chaos and in the pain. So showing up for yourself in that regard, once you get comfortable feeling everything, then there's no longer this pattern of you trying to cultivate your external situations in order to make you feel more grounded. Now you can go anywhere. And even if overwhelm or insecurity comes up or, or intense feelings and emotions come up, you've already built such a common relationship with your feeling body that you're good. Even if it tossed you on your back, you're good because you, you'll hit the ground with it and you'll be fine. You'll enjoy it because it's just feeling. The reason why most people are disconnected and why they carry out all sorts of patterns of behavior that just make no sense logically and critically is because people set up their entire life in certain ways so that they don't have to feel certain things. Now, how about if you dropped all of that and just opened your arms up and stepped into the tsunami and said, all right, you beautiful bitch, hit me. All right, and you just let that wave hit you. And you let the wave hit you again and again and again and again and again. And you don't resist to any of it. Now you start to learn something divinely powerful. That that wave that's hitting you is not here to hurt you. It's here to heal you. It's here to purge you. It's here to open you. And your whole life you've been trying to get away from it with a technique called, called grounding. And your whole life you've been trying to get away from it with a technique called grounding. Be in your body. Your body is naturally grounded. You don't need to do anything to ground other than be in the part of you that is naturally grounded. That is your root. And that root is powerful. That root channels a lot of energy if you're willing to allow it. So be sensitive. We need sensitive people here. Sensitivity means intelligence. And the more that you learn to dance with that wave and to ride that wave, the stronger you get. The more you, the more you build your capacity to be in the body, to be in intensity, to be in life force, to be in blessing. Because that's what energy is, it's blessing. Because as soon as that life force leaves your body, you hit the ground and the game is up. Game over. So most people are generally closing and pushing away the very life that keeps them here. And it's all due to the fear of feeling. Next question. 
Wow, that was that kind of hit me a little bit. It was very good. Um, interesting. So, thank you. So basically, you're welcome. I feel validated. <laughs> so, so basically, people with like uh, anxiety of dying or panic attacks, this goes for them too, I guess. Um, yeah, but, but nothing is a panic attack. We, it's a word. We say panic attack. And then we identify with the panic attack and then it becomes more panic attacks. It's not a panic attack. That's just two words that we put together. It's energy that's stuck in a certain part of the body, that's stuck in the heart. Because the diaphragm is shut, because the person doesn't breathe properly. Because the person has a pattern of being tense and holding trauma all the way up into their shoulders, up through their sternum. The liver gets hot, the heart gets hot, the mind gets hot, and then everything starts to overstimulate. And the kidney energy starts to drain. But it's not a panic attack, it's just energy that's stagnating in a certain area. And the only way that we can correct that, and we can support that coming back into a place of homeostasis, is by learning the art of deep relaxation in the body at all times. How can we be an active participant in our consistent relaxing and unfurling to that which is moving through us? My only full-time job in this life is learning how to relax to life. Relax to life. Relax to life. Let life in. Let life in. But all of that racing heart, those palpitations, the tightness in the gut. That's all energy trapped in a certain area. How do I know this? Two reasons. The first is that I was crippled by anxiety, a, a silent anxiety that I hid from everybody for, for, you know, the majority of my earlier life. Just absolute terror on a moment-to-moment -moment basis in my system. And secondly, I know about this because I've worked with thousands of people and, and that's how it shows up. And when people stop seeing it as those two words that we've just stuck together and instead relate with it as, as energy that's getting trapped, it becomes a hell of a lot easier to work with. Yeah. It's just sensation. We're like, oh, I don't like the sensation. So then we resist to it. And as soon as we resist and clamp down on something, we basically say to the body, fuck you, I'm out. And then the body suffers and we feel that sufferance. Energy was never meant to, to stay still. Energy is always wanting to circulate. Emotion and feeling is energy. It always needs to come to a full discharge. If it doesn't, it just stays sitting in us, festering. So uh, I hope that's of benefit to people to hear that. <clears throat> that resonates a lot with me, at least. Um, and I feel it's a shame that this isn't... Uh, more normal or like to speak about this in this way about emotions as they need to be moved in the body because i know you also have this experience of when you have 
anxiety or I, I suffered a lot from panic attacks. Uh, when I went to the doctor, they prescribed me pills. Um, uh-huh. And uh, you kind of just get stuck in it or you numb it and you just, it never goes away. It's just like lying in the body, just deep down. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's what you're saying is, yeah, that, that you got to move it, but it's so it's so uncommon in at least in where i'm from to that like even view emotions as something that can be moved or that it's basically energy emotion is moving anyway we're the ones who stop it the emotions moving we don't even have to try to move it we don't need to really do anything it's all being done for us that's the divine beauty in this life how everything is being looked after for us we just have to figure out how to allow, how to stop bracing in all the ways that we've been bracing. And the reason that it's uncommon information is because you can't really make much money off of it. You can't make money off healthy people. So, you know, you convince someone that there's something wrong with them, and then you can keep selling them what you've convinced them is the cure or the medicine for that. And this goes with health too, right? Like to have a this healthy... This is health. Yeah. <laughs> this is health. 101. <laughs> it's emotions that get stuck. It's energy that gets stuck and festers that starts to cause illness and disease. Unprocessed feelings. Let's do um, one more question. Or do you feel you have more in you? Yeah, let's, I mean, we can, we can keep going for a bit. Cool. So, um, Luke Howard, 95, finally an easy name. <laughs> I know he's Luke. Asked, <laughs> Luke. He's asked a bunch of questions. Um, he's asking, um, how to approach confrontation slash being taunted well why is he approaching it to begin with um that that's difficult to ask because it's such an open-ended question and and i would need well i I think i can maybe add something to it because i haven't i have a kind of an experience in this Uh, i don't know if it's the same type but when you um uh when you have to uh, have a conversation with someone who is kind of attacking you or is confronting you on something that's very, it's making you very emotional. Uh, and, uh, and maybe Ooh. it's even yeah, taunting you. Like, how do you, you maybe won't approach it, but if you're in a situation like that, how mm-hmm. would you kind of deal with that type of conversation? Again, that's a that's that's a widely uh, open question. I mean, is a person holding a weapon is uh, 
is he threatening your life? Is this person just attacking your opinions and your ideas? Like in general, confrontation is only confrontation because it requires clarification. So I don't really see it as confrontation. I just see, as, see it as something that requires clarification. And you can clarify it directly with the source of confrontation. Or you also have the choice to not clarify it with the source of confrontation and to move away from the confrontation. You really get to do whatever it is that you want to do. As an example, in my work, there's many different types of confrontation that, that I experience. One of them could be public online confrontation where you know people are just being nasty or hateful or assuming like you know I, I'm saying something that I'm not saying the way the usual internet stuff goes. Um, another type of confrontation could be let's say I'm doing an event or a workshop and something that I have said is confusing in someone's body or it triggers something in their body or it brings up an emotion or a feeling um, and in that moment then that's something that I would absolutely want to clarify right in that moment to, to bring order back to it and this is where the embodiment aspect of it comes in because it's it's really crucial in those moments that again going back to everything that I was saying about feeling your ability to not deal with confrontation um, but but more to bring correction and, and to bring balance and harmony to confrontation because generally it's just a lack of love somewhere and if you already got love in you then you can bring some love and that can uh, fulfill deeper connection in those moments. If someone brings fire and you just come back at them with fire, now you're in a war. Congratulations. Um, I don't think that's the most intelligent thing to do in, in the majority of cases. So... This is where the skill set, the embodied skill set, really comes to the forefront of the experience when you can remain present in your body, even as all of the overwhelm and the challenge, maybe there's shame or embarrassment or fear that starts to come up in you. Can you, can you stay there with yourself and relax into yourself and still manage to, to communicate with the misalignment that might be coming up in this space in as clear of a fashion as possible. Because I believe that's how we sharpen our sword, especially as men. Being able to engage with chaos that is in pain, chaos that has been mishandled in other people, that sure may come your direction sometimes. But can you bring compassion to that situation? knowing that the confrontation in most cases is coming from the pain that is residing in another person. Because a happy, full, nourished person is not going to approach you in a way that's going to feel confrontational, right? Because they're, they're, want to, or they're going to want to be able to navigate this situation with love, care, presence, compassion, respect. So if any of those pieces are not present, now I know I'm dealing with someone's wounds. And someone's wounds are wildly uh, unpredictable. So more than ever, it demands me to be totally present in the space. So I can see what's real versus what's unreal. 
only then can I be of service to the situation and correcting it. So I wanted to kind of communicate the question in a, in a little bit of a deeper way, um, just to give other options and, and maybe some further understanding on why confrontation is even coming to begin with. But as long as you are of love and you mean no harm, then there won't be a whole lot of confrontation in your life. If you're someone who keeps experiencing confrontation, it's, it's probably because you're quite confrontational. Or you're not aware of some of that fire in you that you keep dousing people with. <laughs> so that's my response. <clears throat> I have to take a piss. That's why I'm quiet. Mm -hmm. What uh, you're doing it now? Well, okay, I can probably hold it in for another question, but uh, maybe. I mean, go minutes. now if you want to, or we can finish up now. It's totally up to you. Uh, let's do one more question and then I can uh, go. Sure. Because then I think it would be like a good time as well. Are you editing out your piss comment or are um, you keeping it in? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to listen to it afterwards and see. Cool. Uh, so I won't edit any of this. I'll literally just send it to you and then you can do whatever you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. So Christian Stefan Martin is asking, what is it taking for you to put yourself out so boldly on social media? I mean, social media isn't really a real place. <laughs> So it, it's, it's not difficult unless you're of that environment. So if you're highly invested in that, that fantasy, then you start to identify yourself based on the reflections of your peers in that society. I, I don't really see many, many reflections of people from that environment. I like to... You know, I, I keep a relative distance from that. Um, but a lot of it is, as a man, if I'm not here to represent the truth in me and what I'm here to bring, then can I call myself a man? You know, that, that's, that's an open-ended question and one that's definitely up for debate. But for me seeing what I have to see with the men and women that I have to work with, my way of serving sanity is by just being simplistic in my expression of what I feel to be true and also acting as a messenger for so many of the people who are suffering who come to, to me for assistance and guidance. And I always hear these reflections from people. They're like, oh my God, you're so outspoken and you're so bold and you're so direct and you just say it the way it is. And I don't experience myself in that way at all. It's like, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm just being authentic. So why do people experience a lot of what I share in this light? Maybe because they themselves are very caught up in the fear uh, around being truthful and being honest and, and just expressive in their life in general. 
and to bring it back a little bit, I never used to, to, to be direct. I never used to be so communicative before I'd done my work, before I actually accessed the deeper aspect of my male energy and what I'm here to do. There was a lot of fear. But as men, we don't have battlefields anymore in most cases. You know, we're not having to find bears and lions for dinner. So what's left? All right, the battlefield of misinformation, the battlefield of truth. So that's where I'm going to keep my, my sword sharp. And why would I not say what I feel? Oh, because people will disagree with you or they'll call you names. Okay. What does that mean? Is it real? Why is that anything to do with me? This is the thing about showing up and being sovereign in your life. Being self-sourced. That is going to be everybody's most valuable work that they can do. To honor themselves and to love themselves enough. Where in every moment of their life they are being authentic and real. And it's coming from a place of lovingness. Sure, it might have tones of aggression or fierceness or ferociousness. But yeah, I need you to feel me. Because I'm here to impact you. Purposefully. Intentionally. Yeah, and that's another feedback that I receive from people even listening to these podcasts. It's like they have energy sessions. But I need you to feel me. So yes, there can be undertones of fierceness and directness. But this is how we engage with people. This is how we cultivate change. This is how we trigger shifting, is by being real. And the more real that you can be, the more outspoken you can be with just who you naturally are. You don't need to be like me or anybody else. But you absolutely need to be you, because that's what's going to keep you protected. And, you know, that in itself is, can be a hell of a lot of work to, to move through. It can be terrifying. I know it was for me. When I first started my process, I had to let go of all of my people-pleasing and appeasing and self-sacrificing dumbing myself down, playing myself down, never being too big or too outspoken. Even though I would feel and have understanding of a lot of different things, I'd just keep my mouth shut. But at that point, I was also very uh, undereducated and underpracticed in the art of non-resistant feeling. So when I started to spend more time in my body, and get more comfortable with what's moving through me and what needs to be healed in me, then it was okay to deal with fear. It was okay to deal with insecurity. It was okay to say something that I know will land in a way that a bunch of people will love and a bunch of people will curse me for it. But, you know, all we got is our voice, all we got is our expression, is our way. And if we're not exercising that, we may as well roll over and give up. So that's why I'm outspoken.
because I couldn't possibly sit down and see everyone going through what they're going through and not blatantly speaking out on it. And right now, insanity is basically just in front of us, everywhere, unchecked. The level of, of self-hatred, especially that our younger generations, children, young girls, young men are carrying around is, that is terrifying. Because what's going to be our future generations? So it's not just for me I'm showing up. I'm, we all need to show up for, for community. And that's another reason that, you know, I'm not really on social media. And, and that's why you can look after that so wonderfully because it's just a business thing for you, right? It's, it's not even something that, that's personally a part of you, right? It's very practical for you. So you don't get pulled into it either. Yeah, because it's not me. I'm I'm just exactly. posting as yeah. you. So. so when people freak out to Chris Bale, you're just like, well, that's Chris. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and the reason I'm not on it and I'm away from all of that stuff is is because if I was to be on it, it's basically just being presented with with the majority of it is just being presented with the reality of the dysfunction on the planet right now on a second to second basis. And how all of that self-hatred is being championed as what it looks like to be successful or beautiful or intelligent. And if I was to be on that, I don't know, man, I'd probably just implode and be like, there's just too much to have to try to work with here. And, you know, that's my own burdening. That's just one of the ways that I work. So I stay effective collectively when I can remain as healthy as possible in my energy, in my space, and then I get to deal with people one-on-one -on -one or in my groups, workshops, and events, and that's where I can make the deepest shift. But everything that goes up online, on Instagram, and everything that Jesper posts, you know, I've said it before, I've said it publicly, a lot of that, number one, is old. I haven't written things in fucking months, you know, maybe even over a year, if we're just being really honest about things. Um, it takes away... It doesn't take away from, from the value that's present. The value remains the same. But all of that, from my perspective, is like sensationalized marketing, where it's giving you little blips, little quotes, little pieces that unfortunately people eat up like pigeons because our attention span is so dissipated at this point. But it's in the hopes that some of these people who pick up these little quotes and these little things that we drop will make the decision to come and actually connect with me, to work with me, to, to be around me, to be in a space, whether it's a free event, a paid event, one-on-one -on -one mentoring or coaching or whatever. Because they, these are the places where you can really feel the direction that I'm wanting to move things in. And, and these are the places where... I can impact you and assist you deeper than anything else. But please always take everything that you see on social media, mostly everything, including what I put out there, with a grain of salt, because so much of it is out of context. I could do a two-hour podcast and four lines are taken from the middle of that podcast and post it as a quote because they're sensational or because they're direct 
And, you know, we know that's great for the algorithm. So we'll play the system just like the system plays us. But that's what all of that is about. Your health and your sovereignty, your growth is not going to be found on Instagram. It's not going to be found in the internet. It's going to be found when, you know, you're in a very challenging situation out there in the world or when all of your fear of being left is coming up or your terror around being alone comes up or your anger issues that start to burst or your fear of commitment, all of these things, this is where the work happens. And everything else are just kind of quick shots to, to entertain you, hopefully move you and impact you a little bit. And I never want to take away from Jesper's intention through my work as he creates beautiful videos that um, are really moving and carry their own frequency. So he's very much a part of how my work is being uh, presented and I just don't want my expression and what I'm saying to take away from his intention and his work, which, which is really to move you and is to, to create a lot of change uh, through these messages also. Yeah, to plant a seed. It's just a small little glimpse of what actually can be, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's beautifully said. Everything you said also about, um, you know, having to go out there to to really learn that you can't one of the first things you said to me was you can't meditate your balls back <laughs> <laughs> that should be your quote why have we not quoted that that would be sensational <laughs> we will get all the algorithm uh, it's coming <laughs> that's what she said <clears throat> yeah i feel that's a good ending or do you have anything more you want to add before we end this podcast <clears throat> that's what i have to add cough a cough just to move some energy um and just to thank everybody for you know i i'm again as i said i'm on the sidelines but i'm uh aware of the growth that's been happening um just in terms of what we're sharing and and the type of message that that we're putting out there in the world and i feel such a deep support from so many of you even if we haven't engaged personally, uh, I really see and feel the people who understand the work and champion the work and share the work. And I am so deeply appreciative, and I know Jesper is as well, uh, of your support, especially in, in trying times when things are changing so rapidly. Um, so yes, I just wanna extend my gratitude and my respect to everyone who's here with us and listening here today and supporting the work so thank you great yeah thank you and we'll probably i'm not even gonna say we're gonna do more podcasts <laughs> i'm sorry just to clarify for everybody it's not jesper's fault he's always wanting to 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 do these it's it's my fault um it's my availability for these things but i would like to do more of them at least that is my intention sweet so we got one down now uh, this mm -hmm. year so it's yeah. a good start great and, all right uh, well thank you jesper appreciate your work and, and everything that you do to to allow people have contact with it because if it wasn't for you um yeah people wouldn't probably hear of me 
or even know I exist in certain ways. And if it wasn't for my assistants, Tanya and Anya, nobody would be able to book sessions with me and the schedule would be a mess. So uh, there's a whole lot that goes on behind just me at the forefront or it appears that I'm at the forefront, but I am really beautifully supported and held in my own work and in my own mission. And yeah, without these people, none of this type of stuff would ever be a possibility. Um, so yeah, more gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, that's it. We're going to finish here and I'm sure we'll be back relatively soon. If you liked this episode, I was going to say comment, like, subscribe, share, but we're not on YouTube and I'm not a YouTuber, so we can't do that. Um, but if this has been powerful and supportive for you and you know someone that it may be able to assist, then send it their way and, and support them that way. Thank you.